Hi, I'm Morgan. Welcome to More Games. I wanted to do this podcast to inspire people to go after their dreams and have the lifestyle they've always wanted for themselves. So I hope you come on this journey with me to hear from people that inspire me to be better. I hope they do the same for you. All right, Lewis, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate taking the time. Like this week's been a little crazy with everything going on in the world. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Yeah, but I appreciate you too. Appreciate you as well. Appreciate you for having me as well. Oh, thank you. Um, so we've never actually met in person. I know you through, we have a mutual friend, Ben, who's the producer of this podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. And he's just told me so much about your story and I just knew I had to have you on because this podcast is all about inspiration and everything that he told me about you. You are such an inspiration. So I would just love for you to tell everybody your story. I know a little bit about it, but I would just yes. love to hear it from, from your mouth. So I know you, um, first of all, like, you know, you lost your parents young and you had to, yes. um, you know, support your family. So uh, I would just love for you to start from the beginning and tell your all story. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I'm not going to give the, I'm not going to give you the long version. I'll, I'll brief everything, but I'll make sure I cover everything. Um, at, I want to say at ninth grade, I met my uh, friend, my best friend. And uh, that best friend turned into my girlfriend. A girlfriend turned into a soon-to-be uh, mother of my, my, my child, my boy. So I'm 16 years old. She's 17 years old. And uh, we have a child on the way. So <clears throat> at that point, I'm in the sports. I'm doing great in school. However, I'm in a neighborhood in the city of Philadelphia where I'm walking past certain things that are intriguing to me. I grew up, I had both of my parents in the, same, in the household, so it wasn't like I had a broken home, but it was like there was things in, in terms of like cars, jewelry. I just seen a lot of things, money. And I decided to take the wrong route. Uh, and I was on that road for 10 years. So I started to uh, sell drugs at six, 16 years old. So it, it wasn't until 10 years uh, afterwards that I realized the importance of planting seeds whether they be negative or positive, and the things that come out of those seeds that we plant every single day, um, and being intentional with our purpose. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm selling drugs, and it wasn't until I was 20 years old, a childhood friend of mine who had uh, owed me some money decided instead of to pay me, he was, you know, try to murder me. So him and his friend shot my car up uh, 15 times. Yep. So I was sitting in the I was sitting in the driver's seat, and um, I was shot in my back, and I was shot in my hamstring. I still have the bullet in my back where my spine is at. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, Ben left that detail out. That's a, that's crazy. Yes, yes, oh yes. My yes. Gosh. Um, so you know, some things occurred. Uh, a month later, I heal up and. Yeah, this neighborhood that I was from, man, it was it was bad. So guys that were in this other neighborhood that I had an apartment at uh, thought that they were going to come in the apartment and rob me. I was shot once again. So twice in one summer, I'm uh, 19 years old, still young, on the wrong path, of course. Uh, my mother works for uh, the post office. My father is um, is a lieutenant at a prison. So I'm trying to, I'm hiding these, I'm hiding the stuff that I'm doing in the street. I'm still going to school. I'm going back and forth 
But once I get shot, they're like, yo, what's going on, Lewis? So I can see that my parents never gave up on me. They're always like, look, Lewis, you could do so much more. You can do so much more. Your son needs you. Your family needs you. We need you. We love you. Uh, a year later, my mother calls me and she asks me to meet her at the hospital. My father, who taught me how to be a man, was in the Marine Corps. Uh, he was a boxer. Um, he taught me how to be emotional, taught me how to love my sisters, love my brother, you know, respect my mother. He was like, he was my king. Uh, I get to the hospital and my mom's crying over the bed and he passed away. He died of asphyxiation at the age of 41. Um, yep. He was a health nut, so he woke up choking on the food he had the night before. So I'm 20, my mother, I got my three younger sisters. Four years later, uh, the worst thing that could ever happen, my sister calls me on her birthday, it's an 11-year-old birthday. They're in church. Uh, my mother testifies, if God takes me today or tomorrow, I'm ready. And she had a heart attack in church. Yeah. She died at the age of 45. So young, both of yes. your parents, so young. So now I'm, now I'm 24 years old at the time. Um, I have two children of my own, and I have my three younger sisters. <clears throat> so now my job is to go out into the waiting room. I don't have any time to mourn or, you know, really get into my own feelings because I have to go into the waiting room and tell my sister who's, it's her birthday, 11-year-old birthday, my 16-year-old sister and my 9-year-old sister that they have, to, they have to now come live with me. Um... Good thing is we had a home. I had purchased. I had got up. We had got a home. Uh, my children's mother. She had. She had great credit. So now we have five children. I'm 24. She's 25. We have my three younger sisters. We have my my son and my daughter. But it's love in the household. It's a ton of love, and we're going to make it through this together. So that's when I really started understanding the importance of like being present, uh, because I had ran so much that. I looked up and now my mother and father are both going 45 and 41 and I can no longer have that conversation with them or get the advice on which way I should go. Uh, but you know, karma starts to kick in. So you can sell drugs for as long as you want, but it, eventually it ends up in either death or jail. And luckily for me, the best thing that happened for me was I was uh, given a four to 10 year prison sentence. So <clears throat> during the four, that four to 10 year prison sentence, uh, I got into a fight in prison and I was given six months solitary confinement. That's where I'm in a cell for 23 hours every single day and you get out for an hour. So you're in a small box, a very small box, and then you get a 15 minute shower, 15 minute phone call, and then you get to walk outside in a cage inside of a huge field. So oh, that was- Oh, you're giving me anxiety just thinking about it. Oh yeah, my this, God. Yeah, this is, this, is this is 180 days that I have to do. A, it's prison within the prison. So it's like, it's the place where they just send anybody who has had any confrontations, who's gotten in the fight, stabbings, it's all types of crazy stuff. Long story short, during that time, my first two months, it felt like the walls were closing in and it was extremely challenging. But it wasn't until I sat down and really like hit rock bottom. Like I'm talking about like, like extreme depression. I used to, I was angry. I punched on the walls. I was, I was just upset. I was mad, but I didn't have anyone to be upset with but myself. And when I realized that, you know, the seeds that I were planting had led me to where I was today, I was like, damn, how do I reverse that? How do I reverse that karma? How do I just, you know, take responsibility for where I'm at and then set this trajectory to a whole nother path? 
because it started at 16 where I went left. Um, yeah, man, and that's when like the world just opened up because you know I accepted where I was at, responsibility for being there, and I said, you know what, I'm going to treat this, treat this four years as if it's college. So I started to get my families uh, to send me up all types of books on the anatomy, nutrition, uh, like anything you could think about, the laws of nature, the laws of universe, anything you could think about uh, with regards to personal uh, development and also physical fitness. Because I was like, all right, I have a felony, but once I leave this place, I can become, I know how to, I know how to run an operation. So that's the thing that I did learn. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can still be an entrepreneur, but I can then plant positive seeds and also be proud about sharing this with my son, my daughter, and my sisters, letting them know this is what I'm doing with my life. I haven't given up. Uh, so I got um, multiple certifications while in prison and it was just amazing. Four years went past. It's time to see the parole board. It's time for me to leave and become a free man. And the parole board says, listen, the judge is recommending that you do the entire 10 years. So go back to your cell and we'll review your case in another year. So now four years turns into five years. But the mindset, that's why, you know, I came up with this idea, this concept while in prison that that warrior's mindset is just like understanding that no long, no matter how long it takes along this journey, once you're locked in and focused it's like anything can happen so i'm like all right i have another year let me treat this year to like really tap into my mind and my spirit and you know really set my intention write down more goals figure out how how i'm going to do with the llc and taxes like i was reading anything and everything you could think of because i'm like i gotta escape the streets it's a dark hole and it steals your spirit and luckily it was just like i knew that i had something else to offer so um yeah, fifth year, I was given parole, and that was like, that was around the end of 2014. And, like, since then, man, I've been able to, like, I've been trained, like, police officers, judges, I've trained, like, firefighters. I've had, like, so many different transformations. Um, my daughter now has her own LLC. She has her own business. She's 16. She has a pastry company. Her Instagram is made by my joy, so you can check her stuff out. Uh, my son is doing 4X and he's writing children's books. My oldest sister, she has a master's and she has uh, three children. My sister who my mom passed on her birthday has her own house and my youngest sister lives with her and they both have good jobs. Actually, my 11-year-old sister now works at the job that my mom worked at before she passed away. So it was just like all of these different blessings and Every day I wake up and I'm like, all right, it's not just about personal training. It's like, I go speak to the youth. Um, I have different things going on in Philadelphia where it's just like community-based. Now my job is to like really plant those seeds and like touch that one person that's thinking about, damn, I gotta go to the streets to be able to take care of my family. It's like so many other opportunities. So I wanna give a plug to NOMO, New Options, More Opportunities. That's a, that's a company in Philadelphia that I deal with and we're giving back to this to the community. Long story short, I've been I've been out since the end of 2014, and I've just been able to accomplish a lot of things. And I say, you know what, Philly is behind me. Let me move to LA and like build even more. And this is where I met Ben. And eventually, I want to be able to transition my family out here as well, and we'll just leave uh, Philly in our rearview mirror. Wow. 
Oh my gosh, Lewis, I don't even know where to start because your your story is amazing. I And I love it because you could have easily made yourself either a victim or completely given up. I mean, you had so much negative things happen to you at such an early age. Um, and I feel like that's that's something you're born with, right? Where it's yes. it's like, you know, people either become a victim. Oh, my, my dad died. My mom died. I, you know, had, had kids really young. Um, you know, I like, I can't do anything about it. You know, like I got shot, like every, you know, you had like the craziest things happen to you. If one of those things, just one of those things happened to the average person, I don't know how they would handle it. And you've done, <laughs> like, you've been through hell and back and you have made the best the absolute best out of it and thank you there's definitely a reason you're here a hundred percent one gets dealt all of that shot and go to prison and and then to be in that small room i mean now everyone's seeing just in covid just staying in your homes everyone is seeing how hard that is you were in this tiny little room did you have a window at least at all so that, so, that, so all right so and i want to be honest about this when you talk about prison it's not set up for rehabilitation it's set up for recidivism i mean it's privatized uh it's, it's just that's just a part of the system and i when i realized that i was like wow i'm just a number and it's set up for me to be here and not only be here because now the college courses were all taken out of the prisons as well so if I'm sitting here for years, I can't get a college degree, but what I can do is invest my own money to have books sent up so I can teach myself. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question with regards to the window, the way that the cell is set up is set up to psychologically break you down. Mm -hmm. So they have a window. Um, I want to say it's every bit of the size of, let's just picture a 17 inch, uh, let's say 34 inches, 36 inches a yard. Mm -hmm. But the width is, I want to say, maybe four inches wide and it's in the corner where the wall meets so that you can't put your head in to see outside but you can see the glare of the sun come through so it's dark in the cell you have a slab of metal that you lay on you have a stainless steel sink you have a stainless steel toilet you have a mirror but the challenge with the mirror is so many guys have been in there that they carve their, you know, gang names and different street names on there. So you can't even see your reflection. Oh my God. So yeah, I had to do 180 days and it's every single day. The most challenging thing was just to be centered and just like, okay, my body is here, but my mind and my spirit is elsewhere. So mm -hmm. I did a lot of meditation. I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of like, um, the first month I was like just frustrated because I was angry. But after that subsided and I realized that, okay, this isn't the end. It was like, all right, what do I do with this time? Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, you know, this training and physical fitness and the anatomy and nutrition and to be able to transform lives and train individuals, not no longer sell them a bag of heroin or a bag of crack to actually train them and help them, you know, get off of these diabetes pills and help them with depression, help them get off of, you know, this high blood pressure pills. I'm like, I can reverse my karma. So it was just all about like just doing the right thing and actually feeling pure, like feeling good in my heart about what I was doing. So that got me through it. But to be honest with you, it's a lot of individuals that go crazy and you're like, literally. Yeah, it takes a very, I 
I couldn't even imagine. It takes a very strong person to not break down. Like you said, they they designed it to break you down. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So I don't know. I mean, you're amazing. <laughs> I don't Thank even you. know what to Thank say. Thank you, Morgan. Um, you. Where do you think that your, that your love for fitness came from and wanting to, I, you know, help people like where did that come from when you're in there and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do to better your life when you get out why did fitness come to your mind were you always in a fitness or was this like did you get this in prison you started well i was always in a fitness because well i wasn't always in a fitness i was always in a physical activity because my father was in the marines and he also boxed and so he did he did the broad street runs in philadelphia it's like one of the biggest streets he did marathons and stuff like that so he would always have me doing calisthenics. He would have me doing a lot of body weight stuff, running. We would play basketball together. He really like taught me how to be a man. Um, and the thing that was most important was when we were younger, my brother and I, you know, my father would hug us. And we looked at him as this strong man, but he would also show us, like, I want y'all to always have each other's back. So he would shed tears and let us know, like, I really love y'all. Mm-hmm. So it showed me this thing where it's just like, we got this strong man right here. But you can all he's also allowing you to be to express yourself emotionally vulnerable yeah exactly so when he passed away and you know he he died of asphyxiation off of a health drink he would always say you know health is wealth he would always say you know we have to take care of our bodies he gave us herbs when we were young and my mom died of a heart attack at 45 so even before prison i was just like this is this is crazy like we have to take care of our bodies. Not to say that they didn't take care of their bodies, but it's like, whatever I invest in myself, that's what I'm going to get out. So when I sat in prison and and I felt, you know, the first month, honestly, I felt, you know, what depression really, really felt like. I was, I was just so frustrated and I started to like get headaches and everything because I was just angry. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Um, I sat down and was just like, you know what? Let me just start really just focusing on the mind. It's not even about the body at this point. Like, let me start, you know, creating these positive affirmations, these uh, having that internal dialogue where I can be my own coach. And then, you know, I started believing my own hype. So I created this, like, this alter ego that was just unstoppable. And I'm like, you know what? This is my next crusade. Like, this is my mission. I'm going to make it out of this 180 days you know what, I'm gonna make it out of this next two hours because that's how I looked at time. And I just locked in. I locked like any and everything that I could get my hands on with regards to just knowledge in the fitness field. I just, I read it because I was actually like, like this is my life. Without this, like I, I don't, I've never had a job in day in my life. And I'm like, once I leave prison, I have to be able to make some money. I have a family to take care of. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was deep. So I, and then I fell in love with it. And um, yeah, I put on 50, 50 pounds in prison. It was solid. I went in at 175 and then after five years, after implementing the things that I've learned from nutrition and also just like the exercises, cause we did have a gym. Uh, I went from 175 to 225. Wow. Yeah. 175 to 225. And it's just like, dang, this is a blessing. I have a bullet in my back where my spine is at. And I can squat like 500 pounds with no hands. My <laughs> I'm so blessed, man. And I get to just, wow. just, just teach people and learn from people. 
live like I'm connecting with you, I'm connecting with Ben. Like I've been able to like now I understand and year after year it gets deeper, deeper, like like it's in my soul. You put that energy out there, you put that those vibrations, that positive energy out there, pure intention out there, and it's just like you just like run into all types of blessings. So right. I appreciate you, I appreciate oh. Ben, I appreciate this platform, people that are gonna hear this, it's just like this is what life is about, planting positive seeds and loving one another. Yeah. That's what it's about. Right. And I'm, I'm, thank you. And, um, and right back at you. I think that uh, it's so important to share your story because so many people, because, you know, I feel like talking, like having these platforms now and talking about our, our life experiences, um, that's new kind of i don't think that people had done that for you know for years and people end up feeling alone and they feel like yes. uh, you know and and if they don't have the support like it sounds like your parents were amazing and obviously mm -hmm. did an amazing job uh with you and your siblings but a lot of people don't have that support and um and so they don't you know they and they just feel alone so yes. i really appreciate you coming on here because uh the more i think people hear stories like yours and um like other people that have had on they realize oh i'm not alone other people have experienced this or worse and look what they did with it like you, yes. it's, it's not a death sentence it's not okay this happened to me so i'm just gonna you know do nothing with my life like you had worse done to you than I've ever heard and you've overcome every single thing and turned it into such a positive thing and yes. I I don't even know what to say you're like one of the, the coolest people that I've had on here um and I love your warrior mindset and I saw on yes. Instagram excuse me that you have people punch you a lot while you're working out. Where did that come from? And like, what does that do mentally and physically? Like, how did you, I mean, I've seen it done here and there, but I see you doing crazy exercises. And while you're in that hold, you have strong guys coming yes. and like punching you in the stomach. What is that about? So like, uh, hmm. this is two, it's two things. While in prison, when I went to prison, um, they asked you, in the event that you die in here or you're murdered, like you die of natural causes or you're murdered, where do you want your body sent? So when you go through prison, you strip and they give you a jumpsuit. So during that process, they're asking you this. And this is like my first day, like my first day in prison. Like this is the question we have to put on your form about your emergency contacts and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm going home. Like I have a four to 10 year sentence. They're like, no, this is a part of it. Where do you want your body sent? So I'm big on visualization. I don't even want to visualize that, but you have to give them that answer. So no, I, I put my, um, my uh, family member and uh, the mother of my children. And I'm just like, okay. So I came up with a concept. Train as if your life depends on it. So while inside, I used to like what you see on Instagram is almost like child's play to like how I trained on the inside because it's like almost like, okay, I'm going to make it home to my family. I'm not going to look around and, and even the, with the fight, that was someone that brought trouble to me, but I'm not going to be the person on the inside. that's just like, 
I might not be able to make it home. So I just trained to, I trained for combat. I also trained to harden the body. So there were different techniques that I learned, not just from like uh, the way we do stuff over here, but like I used to like study martial, I did anything you read, I just read. So I studied martial arts. I studied like uh, core strengthening. I did Pilates. I did so many different things in there. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's much more than just the body. It's like once you visualize and you lock into something and like with your whole entire being, you go to the next level. So yeah, that that concept of training started on the inside. I had three uh, three training partners. One was the uh, the cellmate that was in a cell with me, and two other guys. And I would just lead the workouts, and it was just extremely intense. So yeah, that's that started on in prison. That's some a part of my prison workouts. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It's like you see people that work out because they want to be healthy or they want to <laughs> but there is a difference. And, and I, I had someone else on here that um, does the Wim Hof method and his whole training is centered around um, that. And so he yeah. goes and climbs mountains in the freezing mm -hmm. cold, like with nothing but sh shorts on and it's snowing he has no clothes and he's, uh, that's what he trains for. And his body is also just amazing in what it can do. And obviously your body is amazing in what it can do. Um, so I feel like there is a difference between just working out to work out and actually <laughs> like mentally, physically, like having a purpose. Um, yes. It shows in, in so many ways. And so every time I've looked at your Instagram, I'm like, you can see the passion. It's like, mm -hmm so deep in you it's very yeah. amazing to see well morgan it's that i want like i'm glad that you see that because honestly it's like once i found something that i was like i'm like yo i'm not only like good at this i'm great at this and it wasn't just about like the body because that's the surface but it was just like like being able to tap in and align your spirit with your mind your thoughts, your speech, and your action. Like, even if it's not the popular thing, it's the trending thing, or the thing that gets a lot of likes, a lot of followers, like, that was never my thought process in the beginning. It was almost like, like, just lead with your truth. Like, I found out who I am and, and what I'm made of while in solitary confinement. It was like the worst, the bottom of the bottom is actually where I found Lewis. Mm -hmm. And then once I found it, it's just like, it's what you see on Instagram. It's like, I'm just always hyped, super excited. It's like, like my mind is my pre-workout. I'm just ready to go because I'm doing something I love to do and I could not be here. I could be paralyzed. I could not have any legs at all. And I'm like, every single day is an opportunity for not only for me to like, you know, work on myself, but also like plant positive seeds and connect with positive individuals and also like get back to where I came from in other inner cities. And like even individuals that haven't come from the streets, it's just like, we deal with all types of pain. So how can I reach out and just speak my truth so that's what it's all about it's about spreading love and, and telling another individual like don't please don't give up please don't give up mm -hmm. yep. yeah so do you do inspirational speaking so yeah so that's what i'm working on right now um i do it uh two days ago i, I spoke i just came back from philadelphia but i spoke to um some youth in philadelphia not on a large level yet but that's what i've been uh putting on my instagram so i'm planting that seed and i know for a fact that it's going to come. It's just all a process. Oh, Everything is a process. Yes. I was going to say, yes. it has to. It has to. You're, yes. uh, you have to go speak anywhere you can yes. with these kids. Um, so what, I mean, what would you say to someone who 
is kind of in your position trying to, or like it, where you were trying to get out. Maybe they're, they've been through an injury, maybe they're selling drugs, maybe they're, you know, wherever, and they want to change. Like, what would you tell them? I would just say like, like, so it's this thing I was, I've been doing well since the inside. It's like, all right, solitary confinement helped me realize that it's all about solitude. A lot of times we move and we're dictated by all of these external things. So it's like once the advice would be, once you can eliminate all the external expectation, all of the outside noise, really get silent and say, who am I and what do I want? And even if you don't know the answer to that, like just start looking at your strengths and your weaknesses, like break yourself down, like be totally honest with yourself. I can say whatever on this podcast and tell you whatever, Morgan. But ultimately, once we once we cut this podcast down and I look in that mirror, I have to make sure that I'm leading with that truth. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason to lie to you. So my answer with that would be lead with your truth. Then you can realize, okay, these are some of the things that I have to, that I'm perpetuating that no longer serve me. I got to get rid of these weaknesses. These right here are some of my strengths. Because a lot of times we don't have that thing in our mind where we can pick ourselves apart because we don't want to be honest with ourselves. So the answer is just like, be honest with yourself. What are some of the things that are holding you back? And when I had that realization, I was like, wow, man, this right here, I'm just doing like, it's like I'm on autopilot. I'm, and I know for a fact, this isn't taking me where I need to go. So once I realized I want to do training, I want to get better, I want to be done with the streets, I had to realize like, you know, sometimes when I come out of prison, I might not have all of the money that I had when I was, when I was home. But it's like, who really cares? I have the love of my children. I have the, the love of my children's mom. So that was like eliminating the expectations from the people that used to look at me. It's like, yo, he has a lot of, that doesn't matter. Nothing matters but how you look at yourself in that mirror. And then once you know who you are, lead with that. You lead with your truth and then you align yourself and attract those individuals who are also leading with their truth. You be an imposter or you lead with a mask, you attract imposters. You attract imposters. So like the law of attraction is real. Be who you are is the piece of advice and continue to work on yourself to get better. That's it. That's great. That's amazing. Yes. Ah, oh, thank you so much for being on here. You are such a light. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. And I know you're going to do huge things. I mean, you already are, but I just, I know that you're going to do really, really big things. And I'm really excited to, to see where you go. I truly appreciate you, Morgan. Before we hop off, could you, could you help me understand? Like, so the concept is like, uh, uh, turn your pain into power. Could you help me understand, like, even if you give me a small briefing going, like, your rock bottom and the thing that motivates you, like, how have you turned your pain into power? Yeah. Oh, um, well, a little bit about my background. I was in a pretty bad car accident when I was eight years old. I was hit by a drunk driver. Um, the impact was 140 miles an hour head on. And uh, so I was in the hospital for a few months. Um, the seatbelt had burst open my small intestines. And so um, it caused internal bleeding everywhere and toxins to go all over my body. So by the time I got to the hospital, they said, um, there's no way she's going to make it. We're giving her a 0% chance. So come say your goodbyes, told my parents. How old were you? I was eight. Wow. Mm -hmm. So my parents were told to um, 
and my parents were in the car in front of us with my sister. We were coming home from a baseball game and I was in the car behind them with my cousins and my grandpa was driving. So my dad saw the car, the driver coming head on. He swerved off the road and my grandpa didn't have time to respond. Um, so my parents saw the whole thing. My dad drugged the driver through the car and started beating him because he didn't know what else to do. He was just so mad. And yeah. um, and so, yeah, by the time we got to the hospital and they airlifted us out, um, yeah, they said we're giving her a 0% chance. She has ha lost half her blood. Um, you know, she has toxins all over her body. So my parents got all their friends together to donate blood to me. And um, they, <coughs> sorry, put me through surgeries. Um, so I lost half my small intestines, part of my colon, part of my spleen. Um, I had an open wound in my stomach for about uh, six months or so. Then they went and put, did a skin graft, um, had that for a year. Then they went back and closed me up, had to wrap all of my organs and mesh in just kind of a ball and just said, we don't, we've never done this before. We don't know how long she's going to have, but she's alive. It's a miracle. And then everything in the hospital that happened, like I had um, collapsed lungs and I was on a respirator and I had pneumonia and all these different things that happened and I was fed through tubes for months. So at eight, it was, it was really tough. And my dad said that I would wake up some days and say, dad, I just want to die. Can I die? Wow. You know, and, and uh, you know, my mom would say, and my dad like, no, you have to hold in there. You're not done yet. You have things to do. And I remember thinking that I had a choice. Like there were times where I was so down that I remember to this day feeling like I have a choice to let go right now and die, or I have a, ch or I have a choice to hang in there and make it. Um, but because my parents were telling me you have to make it, um, I did hold on and, and, uh, you know, growing up, it was tough because I basically missed third and fourth grade. Um, I'm dyslexic. So I was really behind and I just, I hated school. I never got to catch up. They never held me back. So I just felt so lost when I went back to school, um, when I came back, I also went from a private school to a public school. It was very different. I didn't have any friends. Um, so it, it was it was tough. And then I started, you know, making friends in high school a little bit, but I wasn't really able to be active because of my situation and uh, physically um, got into a really bad relationship at 16 where he abused me in every way possible. It was like my first real boyfriend, um, sexual experiences, everything was with him, but it was all forced and he was very physically abusive to me and mentally abusive. And I tried to get out for a long time and I was just scared because he would threaten to kill me or kill my family or, and I believed him because he was so scary. He was older than me. Um, so a few years into that, I finally had enough and got, I mean, he, the worst that it got <laughs> is he um, jumped in the back of my truck, kicked out my back window, pulled me out and threw me out in front of a car. Um, it got really, wow. it got really bad to where I thought, you know what, I have to go to the police. I don't care if, if he kills me or not, because he's going to at one way or another. Through that, I also kind of developed a drinking problem because I didn't know how to deal with it. I was 16, 17. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody what was going on with me and I, you know, didn't really have an outlet because I couldn't be 
really active and um, didn't, you know, like it was just really bad. And so I would say that was probably my lowest. I would go to work at 17. Um, I got fired for being drunk and throwing up on somebody. Like it was really bad. I just partied. I go to TJ and uh, it was really bad. And my parents actually said, you know what, we've had enough. Like I got into a huge fight with my mom. My dad kicked me out. Um, so I'm 17. I'm living in this house with like five roommates. Um, lost my job because I can't stay sober. It was it was really bad. And when, that was like, I would say where I was at my worst, where I said, you know what? I came home and I had like throw up in my hair. I had just gotten fired. I'm only like 17 years old. And I said, this has to change. I can't go down this road. I've, I've seen friends that have that, you know, I don't want to be them. Uh, I have to get my life together. I'm better than this. There's a reason God saved me from, you know, this accident. I have to have a bigger purpose than this. Um, so I got a restraining order on that boyfriend. Um, he ended up going to prison later for, for other things. And so that was done. And, um, you know, I started doing photography actually, and, um, got into that and <laughs> long story short, it's kind of an old story, but I would say like another part of it is I found somebody that treated me well. I moved mm. with him to Arizona, um, had a life with him there, thought we were going to get married. Um, that ended up not working. He cheated on me when we were engaged. Um, I, because I had worked so hard for so long on my own, this, I was in my mid twenties at this point, I just wanted kind of a break and he allowed me to kind of, okay, stop working as much. I'll support you. He mm -hmm. bought me a car, a nice Mercedes. We lived in this big house, but he owned everything. So mm -hmm. when he cheated, he had the control of, well, what are you going to do about it? exactly you can't leave because you don't own your car you don't own this house you don't have money um but at that point i had developed the strength somehow where i <laughs> said you know what i've been through a lot i can i'll be homeless i'm not going to stay here with you and so i left with what i came with uh moved back to california and that's when I kind of, in that relationship, he had kind of torn me down a little bit physically mm -hmm. of like, you have fat thighs, you, I don't like the way you look. And, and then mm -hmm. he cheated on me. So I told myself at that point, I need to feel good about myself mentally, physically. And so for the first time in my life, I started working out in my mid twenties. Um, so I started going to the gym and, um, living with my grandma at the time and just learning about fitness. And then I decided to go to this class they had at a local um, college, like a, like a community college, just to take courses on um, to, to get certified for, for training. And yes. it was the first time in my life. I actually liked to study. Like I loved it. Yes. Um, I had the study group and I look forward to it every day. And I originally just did it for myself to learn more about the body. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, I fell in love with it. And I said, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my life. So 
I got a car for a thousand dollars that barely ran. Um, it was like this little Ford Focus that had no paint on it. I bought it at an auction and I got a job at Equinox in like an intern. I was an intern for two weeks at Equinox. And um, at the time I was living in Hemet, but I knew I didn't want to stay there. And so I find this uh, gym in LA. And so I come here and I basically, I got the job after my two weeks of um, interning and I was living in my car for that time. And then I get the job and I'm like, great, but I'm still living in my car. And, wow. and you know, it's funny is at the time, I never thought it was an issue really. I, I never thought like, oh, like I had a sis, I knew, I knew it was gonna be hard, but I knew it was what I had to do. And so um, I didn't even think to really tell anybody or ask for help because I just, you know, I'm like, this is what it is. Like, I'll figure it out. And so yeah. every morning I would get up 5 a.m. The gym would open. I go shower, do my hair and makeup. I always made sure I look presentable. I would yes. try to get as many clients as I could. I'd be there all day. Everyone's like, gosh, you really love this. Like you're trying to get, you know, I'm there all day. I'm thinking I have nowhere else to go. And then I would go <laughs> in my car. Um, sometimes I would find friends that would give me a place to stay every now and then. But, um, you know, it was really then where I discovered like who I was and what I want to do with my life. And even though there were hard times, mm. um, you know, it was just, I had been through so much at such a young age that, um, I thought, you know what, it's time to do what Morgan wants to do. And yes. I, you know, I just like, I felt so good because for the first time I felt like I had control over my life yes. um, in every way. Physically, I felt like I took my health back and didn't mm -hmm. use the accident as an excuse um, because I did for so long. I was scared of hurting myself. I was scared mm -hmm. of something happening. I'm like, no, I, you know, I took control of my life uh you know financially and physically and mentally and i uh yeah so i think it just took all of that and kind of hitting rock bottom with the uh the alcohol and the abusive relationships and all of that to go okay no i'm not going to be the victim here i'm not going to i know i'm like meant for way more than this and so that day i stopped drinking i it wasn't even an issue i just decided to do it and i did it i just stopped everything and yes. said okay this is what i need to do and um you know i went from living in my car to basically a client that i made who lived in one of the wealthiest streets in and Be bel-air gave me their guest house rent free for a year Wow. Yeah. <laughs> said, You've been through so much. We want to help you. Um, so we're just going to allow you to stay in our guest house, rent free for a year, save up the money. We will kick you out in a year. We don't want to be a crutch. We just want to help you out. And I cried. Wow. I feel like I won the lottery and I saved every penny and I got so many clients that year. And I'm like, and I saved, I, I lived like I was poor. I was like, I see that money growing, but I didn't touch it still yes. to this day. I'm like, I am saving it. And, um, yes. and I was able to finally like be independent just a few years ago, like four years ago, just be like a hundred percent. It was the first time I was able to get my own apartment 
I had, you know, my first time getting gas and electric <laughs> in my yes. name. Like it was such an amazing yes. feeling and, um, and it just like, you know, it continues to get better, but it is, it's a mindset. It's, it's a, okay. Having that vision of what you want and really yes. just going for it. Yeah. Yes. And you attract it. Like when you lay in, when you're, mm -hmm. when you're sleeping in the car and everything like that, it's like, I'm going to keep waking up and doing what I got to do. It's like what, the, what you put out there into the universe. It's like, it's, it's, everything will come right back to you. So, mm -hmm. wow. This is one, one more question. Do you still feel any pain from the accident? Like, is there anything that's, that hurts when you train or anything like that? Yeah, that's, thank you. That's a good question. Um, yeah, you know what? I, through the years of training, I've had a couple of things happen. Um, I was training with uh, another trainer and we um, were going pretty hard and I hurt my back and I was out for 10 months where I couldn't even basically stand up. It was, I have herniated discs in my L4, 5 and sacrum and a narrowing of the spine. And um, I would collapse in the shower sometimes because my leg would just go numb and I'd fall. I couldn't hold a 10 pound weight. And wow. so for 10 months, I basically um, was on my back and thank God for the clients I have because I would, it would, take everything in me to drive to them and then i would get to them and lay on the floor and i would tell them what to do it was wow but it's you still fun. got it done i still got it done i didn't miss a day of work um, wow you know because of the accident my if you look at my spine in an x-ray it's completely sideways my head is on crooked like nothing is normal and so they the doctors just said it was just a matter of time with you deadlifting and lifting the way that you do with your spine the way it is it mm -hmm. was just a matter of time before something you know snapped so i did get over that uh last year i was diagnosed with diverticulitis and that's just a basically a pocket in my intestines where food gets stuck and it um creates infections so i had two infections uh last year but um i've been feeling really good so i haven't had any issues in a while so i just have to be really careful about what i eat um so i've done a lot of studying on nutrition and everything and just staying away from the things that i've learned my body doesn't like and then just so i have to be like really strict with that but um but yeah i mean for the most part everything is good i've been able to pretty much do everything. I was running marathons, but um, since my back injury, I've, I've had to stop that. But um, but I will say before we leave my marathon story, my, one of my clients lost 150 pounds and he said, I want to do a marathon. And I said, okay, great. And he was like, it's in three months. And I'm like, oh, I don't think, I mean, we could try it, but do you want to do like a half or something first? He's like, nope all or nothing and you're doing it with me and i'm like what i haven't ran more than five miles in my entire life this is after the back happening. injury huh this is after the back injury before all right gotcha 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 yeah and so um we you know i trained him i didn't train at all i didn't take it seriously to be honest i'm like there's no way this kid is finishing a full marathon like he's got a lot of work to do so i just have to keep up with him so i'm fine i worked legs the day before the marathon i did not take this serious at all i wow. did not run not one mile 
um, day of, I meet him, I'm like, oh, like, it's like four or five in the morning. So it's still dark out. My legs are sore from my workout the day before. I'm like, that probably wasn't smart. Uh, we go through that first 13 miles and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the longest I've ever ran in my life. And it wasn't that hard because you have like the energy of the crowd yeah. and then we hit mile 17 and I hit a wall and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is smart. And I see people getting taken away by paramedics and I, and I look at him and I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that could be him. He could be next. I'm like, wait, this could, that could be me. I didn't train at all for this. What am I doing? And at mile 17, did you realize this? Oh, it's mile 17. I'll never forget. I just, and then I looked at him. I said, I think I need to stop for a second. You want to stop? He's like, yeah, me too. And when we stopped, it was like a truck hit me. And I'm like, I can't stop. And he's like, oh, I can't either. And we're running in place. And I'm like, panicked. Like, what am I going to do? It hurts to stop. It hurts to keep going. And I just panicked. Like, how is this going to end? And so I'm like, all right. He's like, we got to finish. I'm like, yeah, we do. So we crossed that finish line and we were crying. We did 26.2 miles without, without. without, You didn't even really, you didn't even train for it. I didn't train personally at all. He trained, he got up to like, I want to say 10 miles before the marathon. I got to zero. (laughs) So I couldn't move the next day, but because I did it and I did it with no, I had no desire to ever run a marathon in my life, but, mm-hmm. but that proved to me how amazing the body is yes. and it made me want more. And so I, the next year, the LA marathon, I actually, um, I actually really tried and I trained for it and I cut my time in half and it was amazing. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so it really got me going. And then I wanted to do a triathlon because I just kept wanting to push for more. I'm like, okay, if my body could do that, it was just this amazing moment of, wow, your body is capable of so much that we don't give it credit for. Um, but then my back injury happened and I, I couldn't run the, I can do the try, but, but it, it was another thing in my life, you know, with the, with the accident, with overcoming, um, you know, my abusive relationship and then, you know, being homeless for a little bit and then the whole marathon and everything. It's like, things happen in your life that make you see how strong you are mentally and physically. And uh, we just don't get enough credit. And like I said earlier, it would be so easy for you or me to become a victim and use that as an excuse and blame other people. Um, But I'm so glad we didn't. (laughs) No doubt. And then we continue to plant these seeds. So we're on a crusade now. You just inspired me. Thank you. You inspired me. Thank you so much. Yeah. We will and we will meet for sure. We yes. will, we definitely will meet. Yep. We will. Thank you. We will. Thank you so much, Lewis. Thank you. Yep. We'll have you on here again, I'm sure. We'll do something. We'll do there something. There it is. And then what we'll do is like as we as we grow and as we do what we do, we we come back and revisit and it's, we always remain the same. It's all about planting positive seeds. Yeah. Like that's that's all it's about. So I appreciate you much love and I'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Love to you too. Bye.